Whistle Pig and the Bear is a collection of conversations between two best friends of 30 years as they talk about friendship, spirituality, and all of the stuff that happens in between. We hope you enjoy. Hey, good morning, everyone, or evening, or afternoon, whenever and wherever you are. That's not an existential question. I just mean... <laughs> I just mean that uh, you guys will be listening to this podcast at different times. Uh, it's morning here in North Carolina. Steve and I, as you know, are separated by some 199 miles from door to door, we found out the other day. It's pretty accurate. So That's precise, right? Yep. So... I want to I want to start off today. I think we've got some other stuff we'll be getting into, um, but I wanted to start off, Steve. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I'm being set up here. Oh, you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> sports play so much part of our life in the South. Uh, we talked last week about transitioning in seasons, and you know we've got the divine calendar of the liturgical season that runs my life, which uh, I didn't realize until I was in my twenties. We've got Hallmark. Don't forget to be planning now for Keela and Liv. It's yes. Valentine's day coming up. Uh, we've got those holidays. We've got our national holidays seasons, you know, um, Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, Labor Day, Christmas is going to be Labor Day. Don't forget yeah. Labor Day, President's Day, President's Day. When else are you going to buy a mattress? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, one that rules my life with an iron fist is uh, SEC football. Oh gosh! And uh, so Alabama uh, did not have the year that we wanted. I'm, I'm, I was pleased and happy with it. And hats off to Georgia, Georgia and Kirby Smart. And you're a Notre Dame fan. Uh, you got a new coach and stuff going on. But professional football has not had a big impact on my life, me being from Alabama. But it's my understanding that your team is located in D.C., at least, uh, are you referring Washington. to my childhood NFL team? I am, and they came out with a new name this week, Steve Gallagher. Do you know what that new name is? Have you even seen it? I have not. I know you've been busy. You are now not the Washington football team, which I actually liked, oh, but gosh. you are the Washington Commanders. I just saw let's it. go, Commando. <laughs> I just I can hear it now. <laughs> I just as you were saying this, I'm like, oh God, what has Dan Snyder gone oh, and done now? I don't even think it's Dan Snyder anymore. I don't know, but the Washington Commanders. How you how you feel about that? How, that sucks. How, how's that strike? That sucks. <laughs> sucks eggs. The uh, how do you go colors? to the commanders? There's so much to choose from. Somebody tweeted out, you got all those damn animals. Yes. <laughs> you're going to be a commander. You could have gone with the, well, uh, you, you can't go with the Bears can't. because Chicago. Uh, right. Because Chicago. But there's the whistle pig. There's there the groundhog. Is. There, There's the uh, Washington whistle you've got, pig. You've got so foxes. I, I mean, there's so much to choose from. 
You know, I've never even thought about that as a team name, but I like the Foxes. The Foxes? That would work. Yeah. Gosh, how does it yeah. go from bad to worse? And I thought about you guys going to the Senators. Yeah, that's probably old... not good right now. Nope. No, actually, the Senators may have been worse than uh, um, Commanders. I know. That's, I just, I don't get it. Like, I'm already reading headlines. Commanders may have to settle at the quarterback position. It just doesn't roll. Not, no, nothing about it. Like, so. the Buccaneers, that doesn't roll, but you say the Bucks. Well, I, so one of my favorite podcasts, and especially I like their Fridays is uh, the right time of Bomani Jones. I just, you love Bomani. I love Bomani. But Bomani says everything in the, (laughs) everything in the NFL gets shortened. Patriots go to Pats, Buccaneers go to Bucks. Everything gets shortened. So he says it's not going to be a couple of weeks from now until it's the Washington commies. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I thought he was going to say the Manders. (laughs) The no, Manders, the, the commies. The commies. Maybe maybe it. this is going to play somewhere like along the uh, the timeline of a global pandemic, right? Well, you can't be the Washington Generals. No. Because of the Harlem Globetrotters, supposedly. Oh, that's right, because that's the team they always play against. But you could have been the Sentries. There's a lot. You could have been the uh, Crusaders. You could have gone mythical. Oh, and I was not go crusade. No, that, that, I'm saying that because of the shirt that you're wearing this morning. It automatically <laughs> conjured up. I, I am wearing our alma mater's original name. Don't blame it's this on your mother. Sa- it's <laughs> it's now the Southeastern University Fire, um, but we were the Southeastern Crusaders, which is not good. About as uh, culturally sensitive as you can get. And I mean that he's being facetious. Yeah, it's my middle name, Matthew Facetious. Can you spell facetious? I cannot at this moment. It's F A C E T I O U S. Facetious. I may or may have not. Um, Just want to throw that out there. I was a spelling bee kid. Were you really? I was, but without There's a lot of things bee. about young Steve that I would have <laughs> really looked up to as a child, especially since I'm four years younger. So I would And two been, inches taller. But I would <laughs> yeah, but I would have I would have loved to have seen you in spelling bees. I would have loved to have seen you sitting on stacks of books when you were driving, driving down the road. Playing I ping pong. Have, uh, the ping pong is definitely what would have got me. Um I was short as a kid. I'm short as an adult. I was even shorter as a kid. I was like four (laughs) foot nine when I was 15. So Matt and I have played out all these versions of 15 year old four foot nine Gallagher. Uh, Anyway, and I was a size husky. So I can remember going into Jones's Thriftway in Tazewell. It was a little independently owned clothing store. And I tried on. The 10 regulars, and at the time, we didn't know I had Hashimoto's, and I was beginning to expand. And my mom said, do you know what's next after the 10 regulars? Huskies. So I 
knew you had Hashimoto's, mm-hmm. but I somehow had forgotten that. I think I might have attributed it to your Mongolian lineage. Yes. That we speak about. One more. That's, that's one more lie in my upbringing, by the way. We need to address that at some point. At some point. You're, you're, you're not. No, uh, I did the 20, I did the 23 in me and I'm Scandinavian. Hey, me too. I'm Danish. Well, there we go. But uh, you had a lot of things with your childhood. Yeah. But what I did not know, and, and, and I haven't fact checked this, but what I've been told since moving here to Carolina is that Hashimoto's is uh, unevenly distributed in the country and there's a greater uh, chance to get Hashimoto's or have Hashimoto's if you're in the Appalachians. Yes. Which makes sense. Mountains. Right. Know, Run off. Get of too far the... away from cousins. Yes. So the, uh, I can't, I run can't off. talk. I'm no, from you Alabama. Can't. Don't talk about family yeah. trees that are straight yep. lines. Yep. The family tree that's a pole. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was a telephone man. Can it I, all makes sense. Actually, all my family were telephone men. Yep. So the commies, the Washington commies. Yeah, yeah. Not, wow. You know, I don't really have an NFL team. Um, Listen, if you if you watch college, it, this is this is what I think would be difficult to have a college football team that you watch regularly. To have a NFL team that you watch, you know, simultaneously. Right. There's your weekend. And you and you have a significant other. Like if you have those three <laughs> Are you talking about another sports team or no, an no. actual I'm talking about a so partner you in your put, life. You just put that as the third. Yes. Like something's oh, gonna <laughs> give either the NFL team, the college team or your or your life partner, significant other, one of those three is going to give. Now, you may be part of the 1% of the population whose significant other enjoys one of those sports with you. Uh, but those, I think, are few and far between. Like, when you see those, uh, those couples walking into uh, the Charlotte Panthers <laughs> game and their both faces are painted and they're all decked out, I'm like, how does, like, how does that? Yeah. I, um... I just came up with a book idea. I'm not going to write it, but somebody out there just attributed at least a thought to me when you come up with it. It's a book on marital relations called How the DVR Saved My Marriage. <laughs> and you can talk about all the times your your spouse walks in at the worst time in a ball game and you're able yes. to hit the pause button. Um, or they're in the middle of their reality TV uh, show yes and how so, dvr saved my marriage my marriage that's yeah. priceless and i hope that that's one of the things one of the many things that people take away from listening is sometimes we will chum the water with our creativity and so th- this is this is a this is a pool that you can come to and and uh work on it and take it to shark tank and make your billions we've we've been known for that in our in our friendship over the years of spitballing what we thought were crazy ideas and people took them serious and churches were started. <laughs> Dorm room in a box. Dorm room Remember in a box. One? Yes. Those were all things Great that we idea. thought of. I'm pretty sure Pete, what is Pete? Calab- oh, Calipari. No, it's something like that though. Um, Pete, 
his dad works pretty high up at uh, Johns Hopkins. Anyway, Pete Pete bought the domain rights to dorm room in a box. No, that was the idea. We we were we were working in uh, student development at the yep. time, and uh, the idea was at that that point in time there weren't too many. You didn't shop a lot online. No, and depending on what dorm students were coming in there was approved furniture only in other words you couldn't be bringing your wooden furniture from home in with right. termites couldn't or... bring your dad's lazy boy so my idea this would have been 20 years ago now probably yeah. was work with a major institution and a major uh, um, realtor or realtor a retail Realtor store yeah like oh a, no no okay got it like a ikea or something but anyway University of Miami's got 10 dorms or whatever. They get someone to virtually uh, design them. This is also right. This is before Facebook, I think. This is when it was yeah. MySpace was big. So you have two freshmen who've never met. They're going to live in the same room, same dorm. Um, what do you do? Well, they're able to connect over social media, get to know one another, and then they're able to see their virtual room and then with the dimensions included go to different packages yes um that are sold with posters and bed sheets and uh spreads and and, and all of the things and so when you get to your dorm room instead of having to run right back out and scavenge walmart or target you would be able to uh to have all of everything ordered and it's sitting in your dorm waiting for you versus so your parents could, pulling in with the 24 foot u-haul all right you can spend those last minutes with your freshman girl or guy instead of uh stressed out over what you're gonna do not only did you have the idea you had the marketing behind it uh q qb yeah. roll uh, uh parents <laughs> with students hugging in the background enjoying their dinner and oh, then the yeah. other screen shows the parents that are stressed and trying to move <laughs> things into the room you had the audio track queued, the whole nine yards, B-roll footage, and, it was and before the it's time. character generation across the screen. Spend more yep. time with yours. Yep. yep, that was it. Dorm room in a box. That rolls off of your tongue like uh, he went to Jared's, or <laughs> every kiss begins with K. Definitely not uh, Washington, oh, Washington Commanders. Commanders. <laughs> oh, Washington. Let's see. Washington for command, like ten syllables. Gosh. Oh. All right. Well, hey, that's enough of that. Um, I, I, we were talking a little bit before we went on, and about what we would chat about today, the direction we'd go, and I thought you and I, from time to time, um, have really meaningful conversations. Uh, I wouldn't say that any are non-meaningful. Um, someone was asking or, or stating last night, they've been listening to the episodes and they said they can kind of feel like they're in our living room. And I said, well, that's because we've spent the last 10 years separated geographically. And so every day we're connecting with each other every other day with a 10 minute phone call or a seven minute phone call or a just filling hey, in the gaps. Call you right back. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was on my way. Was it Thursday? It was Thursday. Thursday, morning. yeah. 
I was on my way. I'd left school to go to the dollar store to buy some candy for my kids. I was giving a test. My first unit of biology, macromolecules and enzymes, for those of you who are interested. <laughs> and I know you're all, you're all yes. like, test them on. Um, and so uh, I, I got an assortment of candy. And uh, I like, I, I, last year I'd, I'd instituted a new tradition. Thanks, Dr. Vanderlaan and his <laughs> wife for the inspiration, seminary professors. But my deal was, is I bought a waffle maker. And so when a kid turned in their test, I handed them a fresh made waffle, um, which quickly became something they were looking for. Un until? Until I had a young man come in with severe, severe allergies. Knew where that so was I, going, yeah. Not had it cleared yet. So I went and got some prepackaged candy, but I thought I'd call you. And we had one of our, I don't know, 10 or 15 minute chats. And I thought we would kind of uh, relive that for the folk if we can and uh, just hear it again. So, yeah. So you had said that you were having, was it a physical therapy, a PT appointment? Yeah, my first one. Mm -hmm. And when you had messaged, saying that you had just had the uh one of the more lengthy oh my uh, gosh what i what i uh way that i read that was oh wow they they've really gotten in there and and dug into some soft tissue or muscle work and and doing that and uh, we were able to catch up over the phone and you said at that point oh no it wasn't it wasn't this the, the actual <laughs> physical therapy that lasted that long i get into a conversation <laughs> with uh with my uh with my PT person and we discuss Russian orthodox <laughs> and I'm like were you in Asheville were you in uh no I'm in my home and I'm like how many Russian orthodox uh uh practitioners are in Bryson City but yeah oh well, yeah, what was and, that about and, well and this is something that happens to you and I quite a bit and I think it also happens to Nicole and Kila to our friends um where it seems like the universe is kind of conspiring um god is winking uh, 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 you've called it breadcrumbs yeah. i've called it being in the flow um coordinated coincidences i don't i don't know <clears throat> but i had gone to this pt guy and i've seen him around i work out at the gym where the uh, therapy is held at the clinic a friend of mine owns it she's uh she's pretty great but uh, i come in and i see him and i know i see a couple of quotes on the wall and i see an interesting looking cross he's a really of course fit guy really clean cut uh, but with a big beard but it's not the kind of beard that most folks around here have it's a very very specific looking beard and it it reminded me of uh, the Orthodox Jewish folk that I knew in when I lived in New York City. Um, but I'm like, I bet this guy's Russian Orthodox or at least Orthodox. Mm -hmm. And so we're a couple of we're, I don't I, I don't feel the liberty. I don't know him well enough yet to tell his story, but I'll, I'll give just enough of it to say. I said, uh, you, you wouldn't happen to be Russian Orthodox, would you? And he <laughs> looked at me kind of funny. I don't think he gets that a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, I doubt that anybody 
He's reading the tubes uh, like you do. He said, yeah. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm really indebted to Kalisto Square and uh, the Philokalia. And, uh, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing all these words, but they're books I've read and they've been a great deal to me. Okay. And I, I said, you know, I was really, really happy a couple of Sunday nights ago. We, uh, our friend Jody, who we went to school with, um, she, she quoted from St. Simeon, the new theologian, and uh, St. Ephraim. Uh, and uh, I, I said, yeah, it's very meaningful. Uh, I said, were you raised Russian Orthodox? I mean, you're here in Bryson City. Where are you from? And he said, well, actually, I was raised Pentecostal. I'm like, oh, me too. He's like, and then I went kind of the Baptist route, non-denominational. And he said, until I found myself going to school at uh, ORU which for those of you who don't know, is a charismatic uh, university founded by uh, Oral Roberts, who was one of the major faith healers of the charismatic Pentecostal. Yeah, 20th movement. century, huge. Yeah, yeah big deal. Um, and uh, which is where, is it located in Tulsa? Listen, that's what I'm telling hey. you, Tulsa. Gosh, just before the recording, we were talking about Don crazy. Williams, Tulsa time. One of Matt's students thought Don Williams was a new <laughs> and up and coming artist. And she's in love with this song called Tulsa time, to which point Matt says, no, this guy's been around. He's, he's passed away now, but he's deceased now. But he's but he's yeah, he's a presence like he's not a new and up and coming artist. <laughs> talking about Tulsa time. Here we are. Oh, are you? Oh, are you in Tulsa? Yeah. So anyway, he says, well, I found this book uh, while I was there in the dorms. You know, I was starting to push against some of the prosperity teaching and name it, claim it and all this stuff, which Steve and I have had our fair share of. And he's naming off some of those people. And I'm like, yeah, I had their kids in my class <laughs> room when I taught. Um, and again, he's looking at me kind of funny. He says, and then I came upon the life of St. Anthony the Great. And uh, for those of you who don't know St. Anthony the Great, uh, he was one of the first um, church fathers who fled th the city to go to the desert and be what we would call a desert father or a desert mother, uh, which would give birth to the monastic movement. And their idea was that prior to the state adopting Christianity as its religion, you were in danger of losing your physical life and martyrdom but once it became a part and sanctioned by the state you there were the select group of people who said okay my life's not in danger now but my soul is in danger wow. my spiritual life and so they fled so saint anthony was a big deal for me too and uh, so are the desert mothers and fathers and so I said, oh, Life of St. Anthony, Athanasius wrote that, right? He's like, yeah. I said, Is that, did you read the edition with C.S. Lewis's preface? And he's like, and at this point, my man is like, what What the heck is happening to me? <laughs> and is this at the end of your physical therapy appointment? <laughs> no, or at the no, beginning? we haven't started haven't even started yet. Oh, my gosh. I'm sitting in a chair. Because I'm wondering, if I'm the physical therapist, how this is going to affect <laughs> our, uh, our session. Am, am I going to be more in tune, or am I just ready for you to be out of there? So... He grins and looks at me and he says, yes, that's it. And so that's exactly it. So anyway, what was crazy and that led to, to, to more discussion and about two hours of PT, which was about 20 minutes of actual work on my, <laughs> oh, 
on my shoulder, but it was a meaningful time and I'm sure we'll have a beer. We'll get to know each other. He did look at me when I said, is that the preface with C.S. Lewis or not? And he, he, he said, someone told me two years ago, I should have found you and talked to you. And, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this guy is in, is in the same town that you're in. Yeah, he goes and worships in Asheville, which is over an hour and 20 minutes away. So he's very devout. Yeah, he's, he's committed. There's to not it. a whole lot of folks who have converted to Eastern Orthodox um, faith that, that aren't devout. <laughs> That's yeah. a pretty big deal. Um, but I'm indebted to it by and large. Uh, all that to say, then the next day, I'm picking up a book and I'm reading a book. And the book comes from a result of my therapist we'll talk more about this at some other time um recommending this this uh this thought this philosophy to me and so i went and did what i do i go to amazon and i buy books and i read on it so i had had this book now for two plus weeks and i had read the introduction but had not started the first chapter okay and so the day after all this, I start the first chapter. Okay. Now, within the first 10 pages of the first chapter, um, it's starting to talk about um, Christian hermeticism. Okay. You got to give a definition of I know. I'm, I'm going to try. I, I, Christian hermeticism is, and, and again, there's lots of different ways to look at this or those kind of pieces, but you have exosteric faith and you have esoteric faith. Exosteric is that which is plain and obvious and esoteric is a little deeper. Okay. So, um, I mean, we could get into the typology of how St. Origen would look at different passages of scripture or Origen would, I don't know if he ever became a saint. I don't know. I think he died before they could declare him a heretic, but he was a good dude and he taught us a lot. Um, but he says there's the plain text reading and then there's the allegorical reading and then there's the spiritual reading and then there's so every text of sacred text or the bible has four meanings you, okay. mean, you can just go deeper and one's not better than the other but it is this idea of transcend and include right okay there's more Which we meat talked to about be a had. yeah yeah there's more meat to be had on the bones than just the plain text and so christian hermeticism is um this way of of viewing Christianity and faith that is what these desert fathers were about. So page six of this chapter, there's this long lengthy quote from St. Anthony. And I'm like, I haven't heard St. Anthony talked about in probably, probably since I left the university. And it might've oh, been wow. a couple of years. I mean, we're talking five, seven years before I've even heard the name or had a discussion about St. Anthony. Now, I've read stuff on it, but in a conversation, haven't looked at that stuff until last night in my PT, and here I'm picking up a book, and I'm reading it at this exact time. Yeah. See, that's the crazy part. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this guy around for two years. I just get this PT appointment. So I'm sitting down, and I'm reading, and all of a sudden, here's St. Anthony. Okay turn the damn page and it talks about christian hermeticism as being <laughs> the enzyme mm. i am on my way to get candy all right <laughs> at walgreens 
It, no, not no, at no, Walgreens. No, 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 You're going Dollar to Ingles. Store. Yeah, yeah. Walg- Dollar store. Walgreens isn't open yet. Yeah. It opens at 10 here, and it's cl- the pharmacy's <laughs> closed on the weekends. That's the kind of town I live in. Yes. But it says that hermeticism is an enzyme to the faith, which is what I'm testing my students on. Enzymes. Enzymes. Substrates. Enzymes. That's what we're looking at, right? So I'm like, okay, well, I don't know where you're at in life. Uh, I know where Steve at is yeah. at with this, but I'd love to hear your take on it in a minute because you had a reaction to this. You had a response that was equally mm. like kind of, oh, all yeah, right. Yeah. But um, when I pick up a book that I've owned for 20 years and I walk by and I see it and I pick it up and it seems to be speaking directly to my issue at hand in that day. Yes. Or I'm in this conversation and I walk to turn on this TV uh, show and flipping channels. There's a documentary on the exact thing yeah. I'm dealing with. And then I, I, I open a book that, uh, or listen to a podcast, the same thing. I really don't know what to do with that other than to see it as in some ways, the leading of the Holy spirit or the divine union or, or whatever you want to call it, the universe acknowledging that I'm awakened. So in this instance, I'm like, all right, Anthony and enzymes within sentence <laughs> of each other. Right. At this particular point in this particular time. And then what it did was it led me to this next piece of this book, which I felt was very key to me and Steve and what we're looking at in our lives. And in this book, this author who's anonymous says that there are two different types of churches at work. Again, the exoteric and the esoteric. He says the exoteric church is the church of Peter. And then the esoteric church is the church of John. And he says that there's an epic, E-P-O-C-H, right, unit of time, where the Church of Peter, which is the papacy, visible symbols, hierarchy, is going to transition to the spirit of the esoteric Church of John, who was the disciple loved by the Master, who leaned his head, it says, on Jesus's breast and heard the beating of his heart. And what this basically says is that these folks, um, he, he says there's, it, it's a little strange that Peter died and that John, we know, outlived him for quite some time, hmm. right? John right. dies on the Isle of Patmos, right? right? Uh, it's an old man. And John did not take over the church, though. Which Peter had been leading, correct? Right. So he says you have Peter, which is the mind, and which is the outside, and which is the structure. But John is the heart, the conscious. And these two need to be working together at all times. But he says, if you're of the spirit of John, you're not going to take positions of authority you're not going to serve the church willingly in hierarchical positions or places you may do it 
for a, a while because it needs to be done, but you're going to get out there as soon as you can, because if you're going to be the conscious, um, if you're going to be the soul, or if you're going to be the person that keeps pointing the church or the organization or the family or whatever it is back to the proper compassion, proper love, proper spirit of what it was all about, then you can't do that from a hierarchical place. Mm. Say because say that you, say that part again. Well, you'll be torn. Right. <clears throat> uh, what uh, O'Day talks about the paradox or dilemma of routinization. I've got that on my wall. Well, who's got that on their wall in there? I yeah. just looked up at it. But it's this idea that as an organization grows, organizations typically that really, really do something in the world start off as a movement but as it becomes more of an organization or a routinization right routine mm -hmm. um then it starts to have mixed motivation wow am i really about the spirit about this or am i now also about providing for my family and for not that those two can't be one and the same if you're an entrepreneur or something to that degree but in a church, you know, I, I know this to be true. I know this to be the case. I'm educated. But if I say these things from the pulpit, will I lose my job because I've upset the, the congregation? So there's a mixed motivation at place. There's an administrative order that has to happen. There's usually in a movement, right? There's typically right. this kind of flattened hierarchy. Um, we all have our place, we're all having our peace, we're valued for everything we do, but as this routinization, organizational place continues to grow, then you have this hierarchical piece, um, that administrative order where certain people are prized more for all the perks that come with that as well. And then you look at power, which is an interesting thing. How do I fight power with power? and not lose myself to the power itself. We've talked about this yeah. for most of our lives. We've got loads of leaders in our lives who weren't the guy or weren't the gal at some point. They said, I'm going to play the game until I get to the place of power, and then I'm going to change the game. But ultimately, they all get changed by the game. We've, we've used language up. like going into the belly of the beast. Right. Um, I'm going to change it from within. Uh, the only way to change it is to be a part of it. But more times than not, unfortunately, we, we watch those folks become a byproduct or or a victim of the very thing that they're trying to change. You can see that in the religious right. We're going to legislate morality. Right. Okay. I don't think those two things can happen together. I think you can be a citizen with a vote and you cast your deal, but using the political system um to so, try to move the political but, but, system but, but think about you know i have a million thoughts running between john not leading the church um up to legislating the morality right and that is sorry i got in fire hose mode no no like but i think i think to to kind of process that um john not, not, so I have, I have folks who will say to me, um, 
over the past couple of years as, as we've began to individual, as, as you and I have began to speak into more into individuals lives who are, who are going through, whether it's a transition, um, whether it's existential moment, uh, the defining of faith. And they've said, Hey, I really resonate with the, the message in life of Christ. Like when, when I would share with them, Hey, this is, this is where I had to go back to. I had to go back to, to this. And the thought or question that, that usually uh, comes along is, well, where did this thing get off track? Like, when did, it, when, did, when did it go from being about loving others to power dynamics and org structures and the talking head and the big box and the machine? When did, when did that happen? And, and that's immediately where my mind goes as you're, as you're describing the Peter and John piece, right? Like that process of the church. And then I jump over to legislating uh, our beliefs and, and thinking no one would say this, but hey, let's force everybody to believe like us. Let's force everyone to, uh, to identify as, as Judeo-Christian in their values. And how opposite even that is of the life and style and message of Christ, which right. they proclaim, we all proclaim, these people proclaim to be followers of. And so where does Christ come in and demand that everyone do X, Y, and Z? And to be honest, I don't see it. I, I don't see him doing that. And so no. you go back to, um, yeah, you, you go back. And so it's this constant, you and I have used language uh, with um, in, um, amongst the two of us and, and with friends of that dance between head and heart. So head being Peter, heart being John. How do you how do you dial into those moments? How do you how do you balance? Yeah. So can't can't live without right both. You can't like it can't be it, and it goes back to it can't be either or. Right. There's there has to both be the and. heart right it has to be both in. Um, so and 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 to be fair, this is not something that is. Uh, isolated only to Christianity and its historic peace. This, uh, this happens in, in, in governments and civilizations and families. This happens in town hall. This happens in school systems. This happens in other faiths and religions. This happens in secular clubs. <laughs> this happens yeah. everywhere. It's kind of the human condition that, that you know, where, where, uh, You need both. And I think what when things have really taken off is when a head knows I need a heart. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it's I, I caused a lot. You're not on Facebook. No. The, they need to know that. Uh, I am. All right. Um, and I have a very, very diverse set of Facebook friends. Kudos. Where where most people do not, you know, you mute, block, right. or unfollow the people who disagree with uh, you. Yeah, I've got. You don't do that. Tons. Um, but I put up a, a article called "They Is a Beautiful Pronoun for God," and uh, talking about the multifacety of God in the Christian religion being a Trinity, three in one, one in three, right? And even going back to the Genesis account, you know, let us create fashion, uh, mankind or humanity in our 
Yes. Right. And and that could be a throwback to a polytheistic way of thinking, or that could be some of my friends would say foreshadowing of the Trinity. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not there anymore. I was once there, but, but all that to say, when we work together, which is kind of the core of what we're trying to do here is say, you can't do this life alone. You need to find a bestie. You need to find mm. a friend or more that you can do life with who can, when your head is starting to take over and your head is, your, your, your head is shouting down your heart, mm -hmm. someone who, who can be your surrogate heart in that moment and say, no, 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 you're missing it. Or, or the other way around, your heart is taking you somewhere, your emotions, your feelings, and you're disengaged from your head and someone can be that pre surrogate. Uh, or that surrogate prefrontal cortex that I tell my teens that we're functioning as, as teachers and parents and guardians and pastors and administrators, someone to say, no, 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 the bridge is out that way. I know you really want to get over there and see that, but, mm. but you're going to screw yourself up before you get there. And so anyway, all that to bring back to, I don't think we're alone in this world. I don't think we're left to our own devices. And I do think that there is, um, a rhythm and a force and a spirit um, love that is wanting to direct us. And if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, um, it's like the tattoo on my right shoulder, earth's crammed with every, uh, earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush of fire with God. Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote that. Um, only those who see take off their shoes. Mm. The rest just sit around and pluck blackberries and daub their pale natural faces unaware. Now I just had the first part of that on my shoulder, not the whole damn thing. It's <laughs> a big shoulder. <laughs> it is a big shoulder, but that's not what I had. It's tiny print. You gotta come in. Yeah, with you, got, you gotta come in with you gotta come in with the electron microscope to really parse this thing out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but but uh, you know, so I'm sitting there getting ready to go in and get Starburst, which by the way, they make a new dual flavor mixed flavor within wow. one starburst i know um but uh and then you said you had had a similar encounter that morning yeah the here's the before i forget this 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 is what i think the it's not something that i get hung up on but it's where my it's where my brain goes as we so we experience these moments like what you experienced with your pt and in the book and in this uh, synchronization where it's all, oh, wow, like here's this moment. And I think about um, the, as we zoom out of that, so there's that moment. And as we zoom out and look at these on a, uh, on a different plane or level, I think about the, the folks who would say, well, I never have those moments or why don't those moments ever happen to me? Or, or they're not even aware those moments exist. And, um, as I, as I talk with, with folks, I'm, I'm, su I'm surprised that they don't connect or that they're not aware that the way these moments happen is you have to, uh, to not always be so zoomed in on the moment, right. Or so zoomed in on your, your priority or your agenda. Uh, because when that happens, it's, it's what, what I've you know, you and I have discussed, it's this gripping 
of control. Like that they've, we've got to be in control of the moment. And so whether that's the business I'm running, the relationships, my network, um, like I, if I'm not intentional with it, they'll use language like I have to be intentional with it and I have to construct these moments and I have to be in control of the career or the network. And so when that happens, those are moments that are 100% head moments and, and you, you're not going to have, or even, even if, if you do have those moments, you're not going to be aware of them because right. you are so focused on the control. And what happens is, is we would say to those folks, Hey, you, you can't grip the control and have all of the control, but then also have the breadcrumb or the magic or that like, Unfortunately, now what can happen is you can grip it until the point that year after year after year you grip it and then you discover when you open your hand, oh my gosh, I've, I've choked the life out of this. I've, I've smothered it. And, right. and now that, that opening, um, the, the gesture that I'm given is, is going from this tight fist grip to opening my hand going, oh my gosh, this is what I've done. And I think those are the moments um, that that I appreciate when when we can be in proximity to those moments where we can say, "Hey, don't close it back up." the The response to this is not to all of a sudden just to be angry, disappointed, uh, frustrated, and and screw it. And I just close my fist right back up again because that's what got you here to begin with. And how's that working out for you, right? Um, and so encouraging folks to, Hey, you don't have to grip it this tight. There's nothing wrong with intentionality. There's nothing wrong with these things, but when you don't have what, what you've described here as that community, that friend, that person, those people who can say to you, Hey, do you, do you feel yourself? That's what Keila says to me. I said, look, when I'm, when I'm coming out of, when I'm coming out of COVID or when I'm, when I'm going through these moments, the key thing to not say to me is, do you feel yourself? Of course I bleepity bleep feel myself. Like, don't say that to me because you're only pouring gasoline on it, but. Or just say it once. Or say it once and let it go. Oh, there's a. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think about the people and here's the thing, like to me, I lived 15 or 20 years of my life like that, uh, thinking that this grip, uh, was, and it was what was modeled for us by so many leaders in our lives, right? Like you go in and yes, I know that I'm, I know that I'm on the slope and I'm going into this and I'm going, and we, every time we would watch, uh, them fall uh, victim to or become a byproduct of the of the system and machine, but that's where my brain goes as you're well, as you're laying think, those out. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think bringing it back to the idea of friendship, you know, when you go t- to shake someone's hand, right? <laughs> you don't want, you you don't want to squeeze it so hard that they don't want to. Like you and I know this. Um, you know, I'm thinking of two encounters here, so. You don't want to be a Doyle, okay. all right? I don't know if you remember this. I was on a musical team. I was at my house. Long story short, I I jacked up my finger. Yes. Um, 
and blew it out, blew the, blew the joint, blew the cartilage, all, all that stuff. And so while my dad's getting his clothes on to take me to the hospital, cause I'm about to pass out, of course, my well-meaning, uh, bandmates, Christian worship team want to gather together in a circle and pray. And so <laughs> Doyle wants to hold my hand and he's squeezing my hand that I've got, that I've just jacked my finger yeah, to let you know that and God's I, there. The second time he does it, I'm like, you hold my hand like that again. I'm going to punch you in the face with the <laughs> other hand. I mean, this is, this is prayer time with Matt. Yeah. So you don't want to be a Doyle. Right. Okay. But you also don't want to be an Ernie. I don't know if you remember I remember Ernie. Yeah. Childhood friend who who followed me to college. He had the dish rag, the dish rag handshake, wet dish oh, rag gosh, handshake. The, the the floppy fish hand, <laughs> the dead fish handshake. Yeah. You're right. The point is, is you want somewhere in between. Right. You want to hold it, but you don't want to hold it so tight. Or you want to have, you want to gaze at it, but you also want to allow yourself, your, your eyes to relax and gaze beyond it. That's like when you were talking about what you were talking about, the magic eye posters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Came to mind, right? You, 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 you only see it when you're not, right? Like when you're not. Right. Yeah. Right. And so you have to have, again, both and in these instances and situations. But And, and I will tell gotta, you that the past 10 yeah. years, you know, past five years specifically of saying, look, uh, and that that's what's been neat. I, I know we we mentioned this in one of the earlier recordings, but uh, what's what had been so neat was was I was experiencing um, my moments um, in North Carolina. You were experiencing your moments in Florida, and, and then right. your move to North Carolina. And so these were happening at this. Uh, we need to get one of your uh, math teacher friends on. But that that moment of where these lines look parallel, but they're really going to be inter- intersecting soon, right? Right, right, right. Uh, and so that's what happened with us. And the fact that they happened apart, but yet in close proximity, is what I'm so thankful for. Because then we right. were able to be there for each other. To go, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you're, I don't know that that's losing it. I don't know that that sounds uh, <laughs> as heretical as what everyone else is saying. I kind of groove with that. Like that's, I kind of resonate with that. Uh, for yeah. me, I had, you know, um, my experience this week was um, we we have been going at work for two years straight, dealing with with COVID and and all that that entails, like the the change in policies. Uh, I work uh, in the dean of students' office, and so this has everything from conduct with mask wearing and social distancing and and uh, all of the all of the things that come with that. And so we deal with COVID. Then we have the the social injustices that were happening around the country and around the world. Uh, we go from that to, I mean, it was just one thing after another. And this past week in Winston, uh, we get a fertilizer fire that's supposed to be, uh, that, that could be, I mean, it's making at least news uh, right. reports up and down the East Coast. And so, so I'm just sitting at work going, what else is there? Like uh, really a fertilizer fire on top of the pandemic and navigating that. And it's I, a fertilizer factory, fire. fertilizer factory fire. Right. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't a cow pasture that had caught, a, <laughs> caught on fire. Um, and so, so we're having to come up with plans on how we're going to evacuate the campus if it, if it comes down to that. And so I just felt myself, um, as Keila would say, do you feel yourself? Yes, I feel myself. 
<laughs> and 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 all of a sudden I realized Thursday morning that I had not uh, been carving out the morning time that had been so helpful for, for me over the years. Like since Christmas, life had been crazy, and I had just been missing this thirty minutes of of time for for with just me and my thoughts and and hey creator god if you you know what's going on with you today just that 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 community time and so i on thursday morning and this was happening at about around this it was the same morning that you were going through your pt um i go to a local coffee shop and just hang out there for a few minutes and 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 start just writing down some thoughts and as i'm there i just say Hey, I, I need to hit reset. I know it's not January 1st. I'm a month late, but I need to hit reset. And all of a sudden, as I'm writing this, and I'm just feeling like I can breathe for a moment, um, I hear Chris Stapleton uh, on the, the radio in the shop, and I'm like, I cannot think of the name of this song. What is it? And so, of course, I look it up, and it's uh, starting over. And I was like, Oh, that's just, that's one of those little breadcrumb moments for me. Like, let me just, yeah. no, no one else might appreciate it. But for me in the moment, I felt seen and heard. And so not only does that happen, uh, but I can't help the table next to me. Uh, there's a guy sitting at the table next to me and he's, he's on a, a call for work. And I couldn't help but overhear uh, what sounds like a conversation where he has an employee who is going to be leaving his team. And I can tell that he really values this employee by what he's saying. And, and I just couldn't help but notice the way that he acknowledged their contribution and the fact that he was celebrating them as they were transitioning. Now, I wanted to hand him a link to our podcast from last week on transitions, but I didn't. Uh, but I couldn't help yeah. but notice how, how the, the level of admiration and respect that he was celebrating this person. And you and I have seen times where just the opposite of that happens. And so as I'm packing up to leave his call ins and I just leaned over and I said, Hey, sorry, I couldn't help but overhear your conversation, but kudos on, on what sounded like, um, not a fun transition of losing someone, you know? And he said, right. He started laughing and he, and he says, you know, I wasn't always that guy. Um, I was, before insecurities would have shown up, why are you leaving me? Why are you leaving us? We need you right now. And he said, I, I didn't want to be that guy anymore. And I said, yeah, we, we don't yeah. have enough of those moments. Like those happen three or four times in your life. And each time you hope you handle it better than the, than the one before. But he just said, Hey, I'd like to connect sometime. And, and we exchanged some information, but uh, in a moment where I was feeling alone and exhausted and I just sat and I took a few minutes to say, Hey, Here's, here's what I'm feeling today. I didn't ignore the feelings. Like I, I talked to people right. who just try to say, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. But just to have a moment of intentionality, the way that you said, are you by chance Russian Orthodox? <laughs> right? Like, but you've got to be available to those moments to just to lean into them versus running away from them versus doing your own agenda versus having your, uh, your plan. Um, and I, I hope that that's one of the things that, uh, that we can inspire people or remind people uh, to do, you know? I think so. I mean, I think you and I have been privileged to be in places in our lives where we've been around folks who've helped model 
what that's about. I think we have had each other in our lives when, you know, I'm really grateful for when I've needed a heart or I've needed a head because the others was running amok. Yeah. And you were there for that. Um, and I think, you know, not everyone has the chance to live at a dorm or to be at a dorm where you're not having to go out and see these things, but they're coming to you on a daily, often more often than, than daily basis. Um, and so I think it's kind of trained our sight. It's Mm. trained our eyes. Um, but then again, we worked with people (laughs) who were there all that same amount of time and didn't seem either. So I, I, I guess my question to you is you just said you did something that you had not done for a while, which was to stop and to give yourself that space in the coffee shop, Mm -hmm. Uh, enough space where you could journal something where you could Shazam a song on the radio that you couldn't quite make out that you could hear someone else. That's not normally in your deal. Um, so I would think one of the first things we can do is grant ourselves some space yes, for reflection and for, to breathe a prayer of teach me to be aware, teach me to vibe, teach me to do those things. Uh, but what are, if, if someone like, like either that or something else, if someone were listening to this and said, you know what, this week <laughs> I want to start seeing the way that you guys are talking about mm. what would, what would be your recommendation for them? I, I think it's exactly what you just described where you say, I'm willing to take this set amount of time to just be one, one of the things I appreciated, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh, when we started, when we discussed what would it look like to, to do this recording on a regular basis. I mean, gosh, how many years, uh, Rob Crosby sitting with us in 2006. <laughs> Where uh, were we? What we, we, we were, we, we, we were in Minneapolis and Rob Crosby, <laughs> who was what? 14 at the time, maybe like 14 or 15 years old. Yeah, And there was that one Asian gentleman who yeah. was in the room with us yep. when it was, yeah. And and he was and and the the guy that you're <laughs> talking about, I don't even think he was with us. I think he was just overhearing. No. Uh, he was just listening. Yeah. And yeah. and Rob, who is fourteen or fifteen years old, who has like ran around with us, we're at this conference and his oh family uh was there. And so he's just kind of shadowing us, like, hey, you guys are the least um like my parents, like every teenager <laughs> might say. And so he just looks at us and he says, Why are you guys now th- keep in mind this is two thousand and seven. He says, yeah. uh, why are you guys not doing a podcast? And it's like, a podcast? And, and so he goes and gets his MacBook, yeah. sets it up in the lobby of this dorm that we're staying in for the conference, and he just hits record, and you and I look at each other, and he's like, just be y'all. Just, and so, <laughs> so for 15 years, that idea has been, in, that. has been in the ether, right? And so yeah. both of us having uh, crazy schedules – but you said something, and I think this kind of speaks to the question that you're asking. And you said, I want this time. So we record these on Saturday mornings, typically. Um, you said, I want to have a time carved out just to honor our friendship. 
Right. Well, all of a sudden, the pressure of what are we going to do and what's it going to sound like and what are we going to talk about, it wasn't about, we knew we had a head moment, like you got to have the technology, we'll have, you know, we need to record it this way and here's how the platform that we can do it on, yada, yada. But, but the heart of the moment was, I just want to have a time to honor our friendship. And Keela looked at me this morning and said, oh my gosh, you guys, you've done multiple weeks now. You're, 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 you know, if, if this is like number five, you guys are four weeks past what I thought you would get through just because of how your schedules are. And I said, I got to tell you, I think the piece that, that is that when Matt put it out there, I think that's what I grabbed onto was I, I want to honor the friendship. Right. And so I right. think when you say, well, if I want to start tomorrow, I think it's saying I want to honor myself and if I'm a person who, who, um, who believes in that higher power, that higher power is already with you, in you, uh, around you, but it's, it's just there waiting for the acknowledgement and, and the honor of it. And so it doesn't have to be a two-hour church service. It doesn't have to be, and not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, as Seinfeld would say, but, um, <laughs> but... But just saying, I want to honor that, whether it's with 15 minutes at a coffee shop in the morning. Uh, for me, there's something about like, now, if I really want to pour gas on that moment and, and when I have more than the 30 minutes, I'm going to go for a walk, maybe a mile, right. two mile walk. And there's something about getting my body moving that seems yeah. to open up the channels, doorways, my mind gets my mind kind of now all of a sudden I don't have the quite as much monkey chatter going on, but just having some movement and, um, and then saying, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to sit with my thoughts and I'm going to tell you that you will be surprised that there's more in there. Um, and, and it'll surprise you in a good way of just sitting in the silence or sitting with yourself. I don't know. What, what about you? What's your, what would you say? I mean, mine looks very similar. It it often, for me, more often than not, it happens with my readings. Um, and I, over the years, have become less sloppish when it comes to, oh, i got to read this book and finish this book right now. Mm. Uh, and instead, I see books as voices. There's Sweet. different people in my life that yeah. maybe I know or I don't know, and you know, I chance encounter them at the thrift store, Amazon, or these kind of pieces. But that kind of happens. But I, I, I'm with you. It's that honoring. It's a reflection. It's a checking in. It's creating a space. Um, How do people go from making it so transactional? Because I see that a lot. I see that it's that it's checking the box or that it's the means to the end versus it just being about relation ship with yourself with with the creator what would you what would you say to um, that i was a really type a person because my my context called for it mm -hmm. and i had an encounter and i can't remember how it was at least two decades plus ago where i'm reading a book that one of our mentors had had given us recommended called an imitation Christ. 
by Thomas A. Kempis. And I'm reading that book like, yeah, I'm going to get this. I'm going to do this. <laughs> master this. You know, I'm going to know this better than my boss knows this. Screw him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the race to, to all that. And, um, and first the opening phrase from the second chapter i can you remember it yeah 20 plus years ago i can still feel it how it resonated how it reverberated through my body and it was like this super duper bombastic rebuke and at the same time opening to all the effing grace in the world and it was calm your thirst for knowledge Mm. That's what it said. It's calm your thirst for knowledge. Not do away with your thirst for knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Not abandoning it, abandon it, but calm it. This is not the drive. This is not wow. the thing that needs to get you. This idea of mastery hmm. yeah. is not the point, which is going back to that John Hart versus Peter mm-hmm. Hart. Is, is, it says the folks with the John Hart uh, that play that role are the servants of all. And that's what it was quoting from the St. Anthony passage was St. Anthony would go and visit all these other hermits and every single person he came into contact, he would learn something from them. His, his was always the role of student. His was always the role of learner. His was always the role of encourager. And so I think I think calm your thirst. It's not about the transaction. It's about the being. And that all will come with it. If you look at all the really, really folks who changed the world, who you would say was a John Hart in our world, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The Martin Luther King Jr.'s, the Gandhi's, of course they were heads. And of course they had these kind of pieces. But if you look, know the surface or you look at one part of their life that really resonated it wasn't their organizational capability yeah it was that they were a conscious um they were a a heart for our nation or for people or for humanity and largeness and so i don't know when it just to get practical one of the ways that i try in the morning, because I'll pick up a book or I'll go to pray and I'll feel that transactional piece come on. Like, yeah. uh, my my, Check my the knowledge box. is my yeah. knowledge is a little out of whack right now. My 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 thirst for it is a little too much. Uh, I'll I'll pray something called the Serum Prayer, okay. which is what what folks would now call a body scan, but it was a body scan in you know fifteen hundreds maybe. Serum is what would become known as Salisbury, England. And so the prayer is just attributed to that geographical location. But it just simply says, God be in my head and in my understanding. God be in my eyes and in my seeing. God be in my mouth and and in my speaking. God be in my heart. And in my thinking, God be at my end and at my departing. 
And so I pray that once typically fast <laughs> just to remember, let myself know I remember the words. And yeah. then I try to take and expand that as long as I need to. Got to be in my head and in my understanding. Mm. Okay. Uh, the the Philokalia, the, the Greek, uh, the Eastern uh, writers would talk about your head sinking into your heart. Mm. sinking s-i-n-k-i-n-g yeah sinking yeah so yeah they they weren't using that y yeah see what there yet um but sinking uh your head into your heart so that both are in union with one another and so and i don't know that like you said that may not be a, a stroll that might be a full out treadmill yeah run Right. Or that may be sitting down with your cup of coffee and just really noticing what it tastes like. Mm. And maybe what you're doing is you say, okay, I'm going to order. I don't know if you know this, but the great uh, coffee houses around the country and around the world will send you samples. Mm. You can buy them. They're a little pricey, but they'll make a cup or two. And uh, sometimes I'll, um, for a birthday or something, I'll spend, uh, I'll, I'll order from five places around the country. Um, which, by the way, Onyx in Arkansas, not where you would think you would get your best coffee from, right. but the Sugar Skull, mm, to die for. Uh, but to let yourself feel something is a way of checking in and getting yourself out of monkey brain, out of the normal flow, so that you have some kind of ceremony that mm. you're, like you said, like we're doing your own Saturdays, honoring what it is. Yeah. So. I wanted to say this just as we wrap up and, and it's something because I think you and I speak to, to a group that may have a propensity to, uh, to think, act, behave like, uh, or feel like us. And, and then there's people that we know who, um, who maybe almost would say, I'm afraid to lean into my heart. I don't trust my heart and say that they, they don't allow themselves to experience their emotions. Right. And I, and I had this, this was something that, that hit me, um, this week was there's these moments where, um, as members of a family, whether it's as a parent, as a husband, um, partner, whatever, whatever that role is, that we can get so focused on creating these moments. Oh, we're going to take a, a vacation and do this, or we're going to go to this concert, or we're going to, um, you know, take the kids uh, water ski. They're going to learn water skiing this summer. And so we focus on these big moments, right? Because we want, we want our families to, uh, to have these memories. And it hit me as I was, um, I was thinking about our utility bill uh, this week and we had gotten the, the last month's utility bill and it was, it was higher than usual. And, and so as I was thinking about it, the same time thinking, Hey, what's something that we could do this summer as a family that would be fun. And we haven't gotten to do anything in a little while. And uh, this moment hit me of uh, live will remember how you're walking around the house more than she will any vacation that you planned. Right. right. And so I think about 
the the things that we manufacture to keep us from feeling or being us. Well, we'll get this vacation and and we'll do this and but everything in the meantime um, is a cluster. And and I would just say uh, to folks, I would encourage you to be mindful. And this goes back to hey, what can I do? to facilitate or, or create these moments or at least carve time for them. And that is, who am I being in the present moment? Who am I being right now? Right. And, and, and allowing yourself to experience the emotion, allow your, be mindful of it. Ooh, this is what I'm feeling here. Um, and, and process those when you, when you have those, when you have those morning times or when you have that dedicated time carved out. It was just something that that really sat with me this week, and I and I was like, yeah, I think I think it's easy to to rush past who we are in the day to day, you know, whether it's the who we are over dinner, who we are doing uh, work assignments, homework, whatever. So yeah, so I just wanted to to throw that out there. I think that's important, and I think it's important to know that the reason you have those thoughts and we have the thoughts we have is because we're not always living into it. Exactly. And who am I, who am I being in this moment or who am I not being? Right. right? I, I, maybe we can end with this. Okay. Um, when I teach people meditative prayer or Lexio Divina, which mm-hmm. is reading and praying the scriptures, typically I will start with um, the last step of Lexio. So you have, Lexia, which is the reading, you have meditatio, which is the thinking, you have um, oratio, which is the praying, turning the reading into a prayer, and you have contemplatio, which is the contemplating. And that last contemplating piece is to just be with the passage, right? And part of what's important is you've already done those, you've already read it, mm-hmm. you've already thought about it. You've already turned it into a prayer. And hopefully by that time, you can sit with it at that point, yeah. right? And that's that's part of it. Is sometimes you need to give in to your type A, but set a limit on it. Calm it. Yeah. All right, I'm only, I'm only, I'm going to do this for this 15 minutes, and then I'm going to chill out, right? Mm. Um, and that contemplatio piece is you, you pick a word or phrase that stuck out to you back in the first part when you were reading it mm-hmm. so when you were in that first yeah. part you read it what word or phrase sticks out to That's you good. what do you think the divine is speaking to you through this passage so you revisit it you come full circle and what you're trying to do is you're just trying to be with god and be with the passage and when your mind starts to drift okay whether it goes to uh what you've got later on that day, your stomach's growling, you're hungry, what are you going to eat or whatever, right? You've set that two minutes aside just to, so you use that word or phrase to draw you back, okay? So this is an incredibly common occurrence. And for me, it's nothing because I've gone through this thousands of times now Mm -hmm. with people, but for them, it's a life-altering moment many times. And that is, okay, after we finish the first time we've done Laiso Divina with a group, I'll ask, how did you feel? And they'll say, I'm a failure. I couldn't even get mm, two minutes wow. of just focusing with God. And and then I'll say, how many times did you have to invoke? How many times did you have to remind yourself to come back to presence 
with that word or phrase. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll say five times. Sometimes they'll say 20 times. Sometimes they'll say, man, I don't even know. It felt like a hundred times to which I simply respond with. When's the last time that you consciously turned your mind back to the presence of the divine a hundred times, 20 times, Mm -hmm. five times. And you just did it in two minutes. That's not a failure. That's a huge success. You've just accomplished something through intentional release, right? Yeah. Um, That you haven't maybe in the rest of your week. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And so all to say is you're starting on this journey, every hundred mile journey, thousand mile, whatever the hell that is, (laughs) begins with the first step, right? Yeah. So just step, step out. All right. That's it. Good stuff. Uh, I love you, man. Hey, who brought us this episode? Oh, Puxatunny Phil. Groundhog days. So because we, we, we posted like the, uh, we hadn't gone public per se. We had shared it with a couple of friends. We hadn't like put it out on social media. And Matt, you may, I don't know if you put it on Facebook yet or not, but Groundhog man, I tried. Day. Groundhog I don't Day. Know how to do these things. <laughs> you got to help. You're going to have to give me your Facebook login. That'll be fun. I will. Uh, I will. No, we thought that uh, this past week was Groundhog Day, and given that, um, in case you were wondering which one's Whistle Pig and which one's the bear, I'm Whistle Pig, Matt's the bear. More on that later. But um, so I thought, oh my gosh, how often do you start a podcast and within a couple of weeks it's Groundhog Day and your namesake is the groundhog? So yeah, so we start on our pre-chatter for this, and Matt tells me that Phil the groundhog, known for Groundhog Day, at least in the Puxatani, something like that. There we go. Uh, had died. And so we Googled, looked around, and I don't like, I think there's like a bunch of fills. I don't know, but we'll have to look it up. The but guy, yeah. the groundhog from Jersey died instead. It was the, oh, yeah. Was it Milltown Mail or something like that? Yeah, I've never even heard. There's the one in Georgia that I've heard, like the one that you talked about earlier. I've heard of him because that's, you got to have the Southern Groundhog. But um, but yeah, this this episode brought to you by uh, Puxatani Phil and, it's it, it's and it. Don Will- and, and Don Williams living on Tulsa Don, time. Don Williams. I'll, I'll have to throw in some uh, some of that song uh, as the closeout on this one. So, thanks Kendra Parton for reminding me how much I love Don Williams. Yes, and maybe maybe Kendra can bring Dolly on the show one day, and uh, oh. that'd be a hoot. All right, dude, I love you. Hope you have a great week. Love you too. See you. Bye. My baby said I was crazy. My mama called me lazy. I was gonna show them all this time. Cause you know I ain't no fool and I don't need no more schooling. I was born.